1: Welcome back everyone to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Elliott. Hopefully you guys are all doing well today. I know I'm super excited. Started off the morning right. And today we have a special guest, somebody that is crushing it in the real estate investing world, but in specific, his niche is mobile home parks. Something that we really haven't had too many guests on Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast talking about this topic yet. So I'm excited to be able to get some bits and pieces, get some gold nuggets from this gentleman. But Andrew, I believe it's like, what, 1,500 deals at this point or 1,500 units? Like, how do we, I guess, call it?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So we currently own and operate 21 mobile home parks. Okay. So that's, you know, you could calculate it by the number of doors, which is about 1,500 doors to date.
1: I love it. I love it. So I mean, that's amazing. So you got a great deal of wealth of knowledge behind you, obviously. For anybody out there that doesn't know exactly who you are, do you mind just diving into like where you're from, what you do, and how you got started?
0: Yeah, for sure. So name's Andrew Keel. I live in Oviedo, Florida, which is just outside of Orlando. Three years ago, I bought my first mobile home park five states away in Illinois, just outside of St. Louis. Prior to that, I started flipping houses and wholesaling residential real estate around the Central Florida area, and you know I, I found the niche of manufactured housing in the, the kind of oddest way possible through my wholesaling efforts. I sourced two mobile homes in Ocala, Florida, which is a couple hours north of here, and I bought them for $2,200 cash. I bought both of these individual mobile homes. And at the time I had no idea what I was doing. I just bought these homes because it was a motivated seller and it was a really good deal. And I knew I could make some money on them. I just had no clue how. So I bought the homes, came home with the titles and got on YouTube and typed in how to make money with mobile homes. And I came across this legend of a guy named Lonnie Scruggs who wrote a book called Deals on Wheels, which is on that bookshelf over there. And it was a fantastic book about, you know, how to buy homes, fix them up a little bit, and then sell them on contracts to end buyers. And I just got tuned into that. I did it like 19 times with mobile homes across central Florida. And then I met a park owner through the process. And he was like, Hey, Andrew, you know, you're creating some good temporary cash flow right now. But, you know, if you own mobile home parks, you can scale a lot better there's better debt options you could save on taxes because you know owning the real estate you're going to get tax depreciation you're going to get you know depreciation and so forth and i was glued so i just started cold calling mobile home parks started marketing just like i did for residential real estate towards mobile home park owners and the rest is history we've just been on a massive growth spurt and we now have 32 employees and we're continuing to grow you know every single month we're on average to to close seven deals per year, you know, moving forward. So we're really jacked and you know, that's my story. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, man. I appreciate you. Okay. So seven deals per year is what you're looking to take down. That's what you're on track seven, for.
0: Seven about seven parks per year. I mean, we like in twenty eighteen we bought a portfolio of five parks which took forever. But we did, you know, buy a portfolio and that was a big deal. But that's like on average, the number of deals we do per year.
1: And how many like lot spaces usually come? Like what's your average for each park, I guess?
0: Yeah, our average is around like 55 lots per park. Okay. So it it depends. Early on, we bought some smaller parks that had like 30 units yeah. And since we've changed our criteria where we only buy parks that are 50 lots or above, we found it's easier to scale that way.
1: Yeah. Is there like a sweet spot right there that really makes sense? Because I know when it comes down to multifamily, there's typically a the certain type of number that you're looking for that it starts making sense to be able to hire on the right type of management to be able to handle
0: your portfolio, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. So, I guess, you know, there's a sweet spot because we have part-time on-site managers, and this is like part-time, part-time, like it's not a full 20 hours a week part-time position. You know, I think around the 30 lots, you could start to afford that. And obviously the more lots, you know, the more you tuned in of a manager you can get. In addition to that, a lot of the big players in the space, you know, the institutional buyers of mobile home parks are looking at communities that are bigger than a hundred lots. So from 50 to a hundred is really the primary space that we play and that's where we're able to, you know, to grab the best deals.
1: Okay. So like the big institutions, they're, they're going for the bigger 100 plus and really, I guess it makes more competition, right?
0: Uh, yeah, there's just more competition. And yeah. The owners of those assets are, you know, more they know what they have. Yeah, they're more sophisticated. sophisticated. Exactly. Professional owners.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So basically you're looking for deals, you're looking for these parts just like you were doing for wholesaling, correct? Correct. Okay. What is your like, main, I guess, avenue, you'd say, for getting your lead generation? Is there like a certain, do you do pay-per-click? Do you do ads? Or are you direct mail marketing? How are you targeting your motivated Good seller? question.
0: Yeah, good question. So I grew up in a basketball family. My dad played in college. My brother played at Central Michigan. My other brother plays in uh, South Carolina, so I do what's called the full court press approach. We do everything. We 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 have a small broker network. We mail letters. We drop voicemails. We do text messaging. You know, cold calling with VAs. You name it, we're doing it.
1: Love it. Yes, there's no way possible for them to ever dodge you, right? (laughs) You're gonna be able to get them
0: one way or the other. One of my partners the other day, he said, you know, every mobile home park owner in the country with 50 lots or more is going to know our name. It might be for a good reason or a bad reason because, you know, they're telling us to go away, but they will know our name. That's good. I love it.
1: So how long has it been now? You started what, 2015
0: or so? Yeah, that's when I got into real estate was 2015 and 2017. Actually, today, three years ago is when I closed on my very first mobile home park. We have an anniversary today. I love it. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And the on-site manager that was with us at that community, she is just like a rock star. I mean, I got totally lucky with her. She is like an amazing employee. She now works with us as our collections manager at the corporate level. And I sent her some flowers today for her three-year anniversary working with us. I mean, it's been a long three years. I mean, I don't know if you knew this or not, but My family and I, when we first started out, we would move into these communities when we bought a new park. So, a new mobile home park. So, like my wife, my daughter, I now have a son. He hasn't been on site at a community yet, but fingers crossed my wife will allow that to happen because I just love being on site in mobile home communities. It's crazy. I went to one on Sunday and I drove four hours to Georgia to go be there because, and I look forward to it all week because I just love mobile home parks and the the business model. But yeah, so I would move into these communities and now I have asset managers that move into the communities or live near it. And then I sure. kind of communicate with them from Florida about, you know, the project management side of things. But yeah, I just love the business man and You know, we've done a lot in in the the three years that we've owned parks.
1: So it's kind of like house hacking to a certain degree. I guess it's park hacking because like you're right there, you're on site, you get to see exactly what's happening and and can start improving it. Because at the end of the day, you're looking for that value add, right? You're not buying something in prestige condition, right? You're getting something that's a little rough on the edges, uh, you know, a little sore spots here and there that you're trying to improve, right? Make it better
0: hundred percent. Yeah. So the value add is our, our business model. And, you know, when you're on site, you're going to save yourself money you know, there's just less risk overall. If you, if you're on site, you're going to see everything, you're going to be able to develop systems. You're going to be able to overcome, you know, objections and adversity. Sure. So, you know, so much value to being on site, you know, the house hack idea, it's a little different because <laughs> for many reasons, we'll just say it's very different, but I got a ton of stories of our time living on site, Remind me before we log off here to tell the the story about the chili.
1: The chili. Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay. The chili. That sounds good already. (laughs) (laughs) So when it comes down to these projects, I mean, you're in nine different states at this point with these parks. So are you moving? I mean, for the most part, are you traveling to all these and moving in?
0: So not me personally anymore. You know, I usually like we're uh, just, we just purchased a property in Nebraska you know, I'll go up there for the first two weeks and like, you know, be there kind of setting up new management and setting up some of the systems. Yeah. Everything, you know, during due diligence is kind of already prepped for that property. And that's a little less of a major project. You know, it's our, it's 89 occupied out of 90 lots. So that's a, you know, not as big of a project. But in Minnesota, we just purchased two communities up in, in Crookston, Minnesota, which is near Grand Forks, North Dakota. And that's a major infill project. It's like 107 lots and we got to bring in like 45 homes. So in a project like that, you know, I went in, I lived there on site the first week I have my VP of operations up there living in a duplex in one of the communities. And my brother, who's like an infill specialist, he can find used homes. He was up there for a month, you know, sourcing all the used homes and, uh, you know, bigger projects require more on-site time.
1: Yeah, I mean, gosh, in, in such a short period of time, you guys have literally like been crushing it and scaling the business, getting into other territory, taking more territory. I love it. So, congratulations once again for you know three-year anniversary and uh, you know on that first project. That's awesome. And you're still with the same you know employees that are helping you out. So obviously, that speaks magnitude when it comes down to leadership, which is awesome. So when it comes down to these parks, like when you're actually taking over and you just purchased a new park, I'm sure you got some lots, I guess you would call it lots or or spaces that are, you know, there, there's no home there at the time. So like, what is your process right when you take this over and do you have like a 30 day kind of plan or like a 90 day goal? Like what goes through your mind when you actually take this possession over?
0: Yeah. So, you know, it really depends. It's very project specific, sure. you know, like I said, bigger projects are going to require, you know, more on site time, but infill is where you have vacant lots and you're going to go buy mobile homes and bring them in and put them on your lots and then, you know, sell them, you know, now that they're in your park, you can sell them to the end resident who will then pay lot rent after that. And that's what the end goal is for the us as park owners is we just want lot rent. You know, we don't want to, and sell homes and collect rent on owning all the mobile homes no we just want to rent the lot and collect on the dirt so in terms of a process i mean yeah, you know, we don't have enough time to go through you know every step but sure. obviously you do a you know day one analysis of kind of where everything is at your due diligence on mobile home parks is very in-depth so usually when we close day one we already have quotes You know, for plumbing, you know, repairs, electrical repairs, landscaping, you know, all that's already lined up. So day one, we're just like writing checks and like getting things started, signing contracts, et cetera, to get homes demolished. You know, I flew up to Minnesota and the day after we closed, you know, I met a guy at a truck stop that had a mobile home sitting in the truck stop. He already had hauled it out somewhere else and it was in the truck stop, bought the mobile home. He brought it in the next day. So it's all lined up in due diligence. It's just executing now and like, you know, getting the project started and then staying on the contractors, you know, whether it's a fence contractor, a road contractor, a demo contractor, whatever it is, you know, we stay on and we aggressively pursue them until their jobs are done.
1: You have a project manager for each one, I
0: I assume? We do. Yep. And then I kind of help as a liaison if if there's, you know, anything specific they need help with or just kind of managing their workflow.
1: Now, when it comes down to these homes that, you know, you guys purchase and then you're selling to these different owners, are you guys doing any type of financing or rent to own or or anything like that?
0: We do a system, it's called a rent credit program where, you know, they're basically renting the home from us, but then they can use a portion of their rent to credit towards buying any home in the community once they have enough saved up to purchase a home.
1: So at the end of the day, what is your goal? Like, what are you trying to, you're at 15 doors right now, 1500 doors. <laughs> so where do you see yourself in the next year or so?
0: Yeah, I, I see us continuing to grow. You know, we have a great group of employees that help us, you know, scale this business model and you know, the more lots that we have, the more it makes sense for us to bolt on, you know, different employees to help, you know, with our systemization of management. That's one thing that's different with mobile home parks. You know, with multifamily, you can, you know, hire a third party property management company that can come in and, you know, it's a little bit easier from that standpoint where in mobile home parks, there's not a lot of third party management that you could really go hire and and it makes sense, you know, money wise. So, a lot of the management is in-house, and, and operations-wise, is in-house. So we're going to continue to grow. You know, I have a goal of owning $100 million in mobile home park assets, and you know, we're just going to keep chipping away until we get there.
1: Awesome. I see in your bio that you have certain tactics that you use to reduce operating costs when you're taking over these projects. Is there anything that like stands out? that you guys typically utilize
0: on almost every one to be able to cut some of the operating costs? Oh, 100%. You know, let's start with water sewer. You know, a lot of sure. these parks don't have submeters on all of the homes and the park just pays for the water for everybody or charges like a flat rate to everybody of like, you know, 10 or $20 a month for everybody for their water usage. So we'll come in and put meters on all of the homes and then now charge them back At the rate we are billed you know to recapture some of that expense because you know I'll never forget one time I was walking through one of the communities that we recently purchased and this guy had a a car wash going right at the front of the community and he had like 10 cars lined up that he was washing the cars with and he was just you know using water freely because no matter what he was only paying $20 a month for that water and it was like, well, wait a minute here. Like this just, this doesn't make sense. So yeah. what we found is when we do build back water, we instantly save like 30 to 35%. Like our, our consumption in the community will drop by 30 to 35% right when we sub meter it. Another tactic that we do all anymore. is more, <laughs> it's not a free for all. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, if, if a tenant has a toilet running, you know, I mean, you're, you're a landlord, you know, when the yeah. flappers are broke, it's such an easy $10 fix. Right. But if, it, if they're not paying for the water, they'll just let the water run and the the flapper will remain broke for months. And again, you know, it just, everybody's held accountable when there's submeters. So that's a huge part of what we do. You know, also billing back for trash. We try to negotiate with the local municipality to, you know, get the residents to be billed directly by the city to pay for their trash. And Usually the cities offer you know, some incentives and bulk pickup and things like that to ultimately keep the communities cleaner. And, and that's a big, a big aspect of what we do when we buy a new park.
1: How many employees or people on site do you typically need, or even maybe off of site, do you typically need to run, let's say,
0: a 60-lot park? It's a good question. We have an on-site manager at every community. That's like just our walk, eyes and ears. Right? Just one person, yeah, okay. and it's a part-time position, and they're just keeping an eye on everything, you know, they're just kind of our main form of communication. And then off-site, you know, one person could manage one com- community and like take care of the statements and making sure collections are accounted for in in Rent Manager, which is the software we use. And then, you know, accounts payable paying the bills and doing the financials. One person could very easily do that. You know, since we've scaled, you know, now we have, you know, bolt-on pieces to our operations that, you know, just made sense once we got over a thousand lots. Yeah.
1: Okay. Just different software and different programs that you're kind of implementing more.
0: Well, mainly employees, you know, like Ah. we have a collections manager person now that just handles, you know, rent manager. We have a bookkeeper full-time now, you know, where before I was doing all of that myself. So it just makes sense now that we have enough scale to account for those expenses.
1: Love it. Have you had any type of evictions or anything that legal stuff that any horror stories?
0: Oh man, I mean we we evict people every month, we start. you know, until, yeah. until covid started. I mean, it's just part of the business, you know. We typically collect 95% of our rents every single month without any issue, but we have to work our tails off for that extra 5%, you know, and we usually work with local council to go through that process. You know, one horror story that comes to mind is in uh, in one of our parks in Indiana, we had to evict a tenant that was related to the previous owner and on his way out he clogged all of the drains and turned the water on and flooded the whole home and the reason that we found out about this was that there was water coming out of his front door you know going down the steps so you know that that's part of it you know, was a, a rough day, for sure. Yes, rough day, to say the least.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Any other, like, horror stories or, or something that maybe the listeners could take to be aware of or not to make the same
0: mistake? Oh, wow. Well, I guess it'd be a good time for the chili story.
1: Yeah, bring it in. Bring it in. Let's go to it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, my wife, my daughter, myself, and then my head of operations, my right-hand man, John Scortino, we moved into a house that was in front of a mobile home park that we purchased in Ohio. And while we were up there working on the project, which we were up there for two months after purchasing the property, while we were up there, one of the tenants, actually, we came home one night from being out somewhere. And one of the, the residents had put, you know, you know, those butter containers that are like brown, it's like country barrel or something, but it's like a big, like gallon of butter. They put one of those like plastic containers on our front doorstep. And there was a note on top that said made too much enjoy. So we brought it inside, opened it up and it was full of chili and, you know, smelled fine and everything. But, you know, we had just jacked up the rents in this community by $50 a month. And, you know, some of the residents weren't so happy. So we did not eat the chili. We ended up just throwing it away and, you know, moving on. Well, about a week later, the resident came up and knocked on our door. And it was weird because it was like 10 o'clock at night that he came up and knocked on the door. And he said, hey, you know, how did you guys enjoy the chili? And, you know, not wanting to, to disrespect him or anything. We said, oh, chili was great. Thank you so much for leaving that. You know, we really appreciate it. And he said, well, there's a secret recipe about that chili. There's a secret ingredient that I use that this mobile home park provides that, you know, changes the game and, and makes it as good as it is. And I was like, a, a secret ingredient? What do, you, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you know, I have some traps set in the back of the park in the woods, and I trap coons, and then I skin them and ground them up, and then that's the meat that I use in the chili. Straight-faced, like completely just didn't see, he didn't see anything wrong with that yeah. at all. And I said, "Really? So you use the raccoon meat for the meat in the chili?" He's like, "Hands down, best thing, best ingredient I could ever use. It is award-winning chili." Award-winning. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, "Wow, that's." I, I, I tried to like keep a straight face, but inside I was like, "Thank you so much for." <laughs> Thank you, God. For eating that. that. <laughs> Thank you that I did not eat that chili. That might be rabid raccoon chili.
1: So, oh my gosh. That was, that's some that chilly. was a chili story. Yeah, that that's some chilly. that's a chili story. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I should like laugh or like, I'm like just blown away, shocked right now. And uh, yeah, wow, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then later on, we like went to his house and like he has a huge shed where he like does taxidermy, like in the shed. And that's like where... It went down. Slaughter happens.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Cool. And nothing like he totally felt cool comment collected oh, with that. He nothing wrong with
0: collected. that. Collected. He did mention that he entered that chili in the church chili cook-off and won like third place in the church chili cook-off with that chili.
1: Oh no. <laughs>
0: yeah. So next time you have a church chili cook off. You know, maybe stay away from the chili. Maybe second guess, you know, diving into all the options.
1: My gosh, that is unbelievable. (laughs) Good times. Good times. (laughs) So so you have about uh, you have about 30 employees currently, right? Correct. Yeah, what is your hire on process? Do you have somebody that does the hiring on now or are you still the man in control doing all that?
0: yeah so i take care of hr i also am the janitor at times yeah Uh, i also you know lead acquisitions and investor relations so i wear many hats as as most small business people do and uh you know in terms of like a hiring process i mean you know i i have a broad you know way of kind of attracting talent it just depends on the position. You know, if I'm hiring for like a corporate position, you know, we use Indeed. I use Dynamite Jobs. That's another site that's got some good, good candidates for us. And, you know, I also have a lot of, uh, not a lot, I have four virtual assistant employees that, you know, help us out. And one is in the Philippines, excuse me, and they help out with our marketing of homes that we have for sale in our communities. And then I have three current employees that are in Armenia and they help out with more like project management stuff.
1: Love it, love it. So let's talk about financing these projects. As you are, you know, you're getting the leads coming in, after that, you're getting them under contract, do the due diligence and so forth. How are you funding these deals? And then after you do the value add, are you doing some form of like the burst strategy by doing a cash out refi so you can recuperate some of your funds, maybe pay back investors or just take it to the next deal?
0: Yeah. So we raise capital from you know, passive investors that, you know, invest in our deals, typically offer them a preferred return. You know, it, it depends, but usually around 7% and then a percentage of the equity in the deal. So, you know, we do raise money. I'll put some money in, in the deal as well. And I'm typically the one signing on the debt, you know, with a, typically it's a local bank at first, because nobody else will finance them because you know the, the occupancy usually is around like 70% and banks you know the higher end you know agency debt you know they're looking for 90% occupancy or higher so we'll go in you know use a local bank as like some bridge financing for the first 5 years you know raise some capital to come in and and not just use it for the down payment but also for the improvements we'll make the improvements during that initial 5 year time frame and then the goal is to refinance out all the initial capital and then some take, you know, around seventy to seventy five percent leverage on the refinance, pay all that back to investors, and then you know, hold the property into perpetuity and create infinite returns for our investors that now have you know no money in the deal. Love it. And how are you
1: raising capital? You're are you marketing at all, or it's just, you know, obviously your track record kind of shows for itself and then you know, people are flocking yeah. towards you, <laughs> trying to put their yeah. money to work.
0: On my very first deal, I attended a, uh, an MHU boot camp with Frank and Dave. He's like the, the top educator in the mobile home park investing space. Huh. And one of my investors came from that first class that I attended, uh, you know, on my first deal. I said, hey, here's a deal. I, I, I sent out a pro forma and, you know, he invested with me and took a chance. And since then, you know, the deals have worked out and he's done five more deals with me. So that, that was just one partner that we did a bunch of JV deals with. Since then, now, you know, we've, we do full-on syndications and raise money, you know, for deals based off of the capital needs. Sure. I love it. People hear, th- people hear about me, you know, the track record is key. And then, you know, through podcasts like this and other avenues. Yeah,
1: I love that. So I forgot to ask in the beginning, but what were you doing before real estate and like why real estate for you? Because you started off doing wholesaling before you actually, you know, started picking up properties yourself and hanging on to, and then the mobile home part kind of stemmed out from that.
0: Yeah. Before then I was in sales and sold, you know, branding and marketing materials to real estate agents. And that was how I got exposed to real estate. You know, I I met a ton of real estate agents that were just rock stars and were crushing it, making a ton of money. And, you know, at the time I was making decent money, but I was working my tail off. And, you know, I, I ended up building some relationships with the real estate agents. And, you know, that was my first exposure and what got me interested in real estate.
1: I love that. Well, that's awesome. Andrew, you know, anything that you would recommend for the average person potentially interested in, in getting started into mobile home parks?
0: You know, there's really three things that I would say have been like a game changer for me. And, it, it, you know, you could apply these to mobile home parks, but you could really apply this to, you know, any form of real estate or, you know, any real business. Because, you know, you have to have that entrepreneurial spirit and that drive. But the three things I would say that have been game changers for me would be one, you know, commitment to focusing on one thing. And I read a book by Gary Keller called The One Thing. And, you know, there's a lot of shiny objects out there. But I've stayed in my lane and, you know, I realized early on that mobile home parks – are you know where I where I need to play? That's that's my lane. So yes. staying in my lane really helped me, you know, go vertical in that market and you know excel. <laughs> Number two, myself and my top employees, we have a aggressive approach to you know project management. There's no doubt about it. Like you won't be a good fit working for us if you're not like I don't know how else to put it. You just we aggressively pursue projects and contractors to the point where some people are like, wow, these guys, they call me every single day. Like why are they calling me so much? But the thing is, is the squeaky wheel gets the oil and we, we do the same thing with collections. We do the same thing with projects going on. And we have noticed that we get things done in about, half the time or less compared to most group most other operators. Sure. Because of that aggressive approach to getting results. So that's that's been huge for me. And that can be applied in any business, not just mobile home parks, but you gotta go after it with a you know an aggressive approach. You know, like I'll never forget we're we're doing a, a closing on this Nebraska deal. And you know, instead of just sending an email, you know, I'm I'm the type that sends an email, calls right after and then i call you a couple hours later if i don't reach you and then i call you a couple hours after that you know i'm yeah. i'm i'm just that's the type of aggressive pursuit that i'm enacting in my business every day and i'm sharing that with my employees to enact and then number 3 networking you know I, the number of deals that have been brought to me just through networking with others in the space has been a game changer for my business so i would recommend that anybody out there you know really try to get plugged into different groups on facebook and other avenues to you know through meetups and conferences and so forth because that's been a really big game changer for my business
1: oh yeah i mean likewise i can't testify enough behind that truth networking is literally like everything you know and that's one of the selfish reasons why we set up this podcast because we wanted to network with rock stars just like yourself nationwide that are crushing it in their space and their niche that you're so gravitated towards, which is awesome. So I I totally love that. So for all the listeners out there, if you guys are driving or whatever the situation is, or if you're just sitting at your house or wherever you're at, make sure you pull over, take some notes um, because that was three golden nuggets that you definitely want to drop down and re-listen back to this episode take some detailed notes. There's a lot of gold nuggets in this whole episode, but, but yeah, man, I, I couldn't agree more. I think the commitment to like focusing on one thing is something that I'm a really firm believer on as well, especially on like social media or anything. Like when the going gets tough for a lot of new people out there, and, and it's just, I wouldn't say it's like the rule of thumb or anything like that, but a lot of people almost jump ship right away and they see yeah. somebody else. St- you know, successfully crushing it with their strategy. And, you know, they're just like, all right, well, this guy makes it look easy. Maybe I'll jump ship and jump onto this one. And then as that gets a little difficult, then they jump onto the next. And that stuff breaks my heart because, you know, that three feet from gold type of mentality, you're so close. It's like you need a little bit of guidance, a a little push in the right direction, and you could jump over that hill or that obstacle that's in your way. So I love that. Well Andrew, I appreciate you so much. You just gave uh very close to an hour of your time. Anything that the listeners could do to give back to you?
0: Yeah, I would say, you know, if anyone's interested in in maybe partnering on a mobile home park deal, they could, you know, contact me and bring a deal to the table and we could, you know, discuss maybe a finder's fee of five figures or more and, you know, possibly getting you some equity in that deal or you know, another option would be if someone's interested in passive investing in mobile home parks, you know, they can contact me through my website, which is keelteam.com. That's just K-E-E-L-T-E-A-M.com. And, you know, fill out the contact form and we can set up a call to discuss more.
1: Love it, man. Well, you are a wealth of knowledge. Any other place that people can, can reach out to you and connect with you or just keel, keelteam.com?
0: Yeah. The website's going to be the the best okay. place for sure. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I love it, man. I, I had a
1: great time in this episode. I appreciate you giving me the chance to interview you and be able to pick your brain on all the gold nuggets that you've accomplished in such a short period of time. So much success. So I'm really eager to see where like the next few years truly takes you. I, I know it's going to be phenomenal and you will hit your goal of, of hitting that hundred million
0: worth of uh, mobile home parks, which is awesome. <laughs> So Thank you, man, yeah. I really appreciate it. And I also just remembered tomorrow I'm launching my own podcast. I
1: know I was proud to bring that up. I, I saw I, that.
0: I, I forgot about that. So that's a big, that's a big deal. It's the passive mobile home park investing podcast cool. it will be live on iTunes and everything July one tomorrow. So I'm uh, yeah. really stoked about that. That'd be another way to kind of learn more about, you know, the industry and, and possible invest in, investing investments in the space
1: yeah yeah I mean all the listeners you guys heard it first here uh, you're definitely going to want to tune into that that's going to be tremendous amount of value and uh, a bunch of gold nuggets that you'll want to learn to be able to you know take this pursuit this strategy even further as always reach out to this man you know take advantage of some of the product services that he's going to be implementing and improving in his systems great deal of wealth of knowledge so Take advantage of that. Reach out to them. If you guys found value in this, make sure that you hit that subscribe button and leave a review. Let me know what you guys think on Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing Podcast. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can always do so at investments.com. Instagram, it's Brandon Elliott Investments. Facebook is facebook.com slash Investor. If you guys need any type of credit help, we educate, we help fix, we help build, and we help leverage. We show you guys how to do it all when it comes down to credit and credit hacking. You can always do so at uh, CreditCouncilElite.com or reach out to me on any of the platforms and we can talk a little bit more about some of the products, services that we can help educate you on and take it from there. But yeah, we will see you guys on the next one. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get the newest notification every single Monday. Andrew, appreciate your time so much, man. Greatly appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll see you guys on the next one. God bless.
0: This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.